All right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And well, it's sad to say, rally month is over. I don't know how many rallies you can fit into a month, but man, do we stuff a lot of them into this month. But the good thing with that, it is time to get caught up. So this time around, episode 90 of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, man, we're almost there. 100, 100 episodes coming right up. So this time around, we've got some special guests here in the studio and one that couldn't make it. But he's going to be on the phone with us. And none other than the whole Baja Rally team. Or the guys, the Los Jefes, the Metal Metals, the kind of, I don't know, what, what would we say? The looks of the operation? The, look, the looks of the operation? I think we'll, we could go with that. The looks? The board. There we go. We have the board. We officially have the Baja Rally board here with us in the studio. Adventure Taco Studios. Shout out to Gnarly Dave for that name. We're going to be talking a little bit more about how the rally went down this year and what we can expect. And I, it's just it's a recap show. We need, to, we need to do recap shows of rallies. We need to let people know what they missed out on because this year is pretty damn good. So I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more from the guys on the back side of it, how that went down, the routes, how it looked like after. All the things that we on the other side of the table don't get to see, don't get to hear the the experiences and stuff like that. So, uh, in the studio here live with us today, we have Danny Saragossa. Danny, say hello. Hello, everybody. How's it going? And then we do have Scotty Bloom. Scotty, say hola. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Buenas tardes. And on the phone, none other than Mauricio Parra. Hola, hola, a todos from Mexico. Live. Aquí me tuve que quedar hoy. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. You're here in spirit. Somebody's got to pay the bills. Somebody's, yeah, exactly. Somebody's got to work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome, guys. All right. So let's get this. Uh, let me let me turn down the party here so we can get get right into it. All right. First time, six day Baja rally. Always been five days, but you guys went an extra day this year. I what yeah, we're, right now, tonight, we're missing uh, our fourth leg is Matt Freyer, and he's up in, uh, just heading back from Arizona, couldn't be here, so Matt is our the fourth member of our board, and also the fuel mule uh, guy who handles the gas and some logistics stuff, but yeah, so the six-day Baja rally wrapped up about two and a half weeks ago. Um, it was uh, two years in the making. Uh, we missed 2020. Um which was a five-day deal, and 2021 was supposed to be the the six-day rally, and it, it it turned out to be really successful. The not just the format of adding the sixth day of racing, uh, but just the way we condensed uh, the bivouac and the um, and condensed the service route to really focus on Catavina, uh, which we plan on doing uh, next year. But thanks for. Um, being there and also for everything you're doing on the on the podcast it seems to be helping the sport grow um, but we did have a, a, a what we hear is a pretty successful event for us see yeah yeah I mean from you know outside looking in right this was I think I think this was kind of more my first year where I was like okay on the other side of the table and watching <laughs> everything go down and how everything was going and I the first thing I'm gonna go with is is one the the gift that Baja gave, right? The gift, it, it, but double double sided sword, right? Mm. So green. The I was there four years ago when when the first round of hurricanes, and I'll never forget. We're See. like getting ready, the meetings getting started, and all of a sudden you come rolling in, Scotty, and just like this, 
ball of dust <laughs> following you and just from the field just finished verifying route like having to make all of these changes it was that was a challenge but baja was not as green that time as it was this time around so everybody got to see that and everybody consistently every year that's been the thing and i've commented a lot on that is every year it's the same feedback i get at the finish line is wow i've been down here all of these years i've been down i've ridden all these wow it's like i've never never seen seen anything like that there's more there's more uh meat on the bone to make the stages all new for next year and so people that raced with us last you know in the last few years or this last event the last edition uh, if they're thinking that it's going to be the same stages, they're mistaken. There's a lot more that 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 we can do to make the stages original. But you're right about the green and the weather and like you say, the gift. You know, gifts cost money, and like a, there's a two-sided sword, right? A gift. We received some good weather before the event gave us green. Um, you know, landscapes, but we also had hazardous cross ruts yeah. and some hazardous stuff. So it was an eventful thing. Hopefully we can get into some more meat and bones of the actual event. But that year you were talking about 2018, where the Hurricane Rosa hit literally five days before the beginning of the event. And uh, that one, we learned that Scotty doesn't have to be at the inspection day and the registration day for it to go successfully. And it was actually more successful that I wasn't there at that time. And now he's with <laughs> Remember Rachel. that, Victor? And Danny I and do. the rest of the team, everyone's kind of like, we're ready for next year so that like the guy that, you know, the Scotty guy doesn't have to be, have his hands on everything. And that's probably the most exciting thing about uh, some of this- the stuff we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah. This year, uh, remember, this was uh, the first in two years, and then we were able to perform for first time the the marathon stage that we've been talking a lot of time. So having the marathon stage executed as we did, I think everyone could could feel the the good vibe of having that that uh, that marathon stage only with the riders. That was awesome. That's that's what I. What I keep of this year rally, it was a great stage. Yeah, uh, that was the biggest. So, yeah, let, let's talk about. It. So, this is this was the first year, right? Baja Rally going. You know, it's always been a five day, five stages, five racing. You know, there was a mix first. It was prologue and then four stages, and then it was, uh, then it just went to just straight up five stages. But this year was the first year that you guys had the idea to go. Okay, we're going long. We're gonna go. We're gonna add another day of racing and including that. So. And including the marathon within that. And the marathon within that, which is which that is crazy. That's supposed to be 400 kilometers, I guess, right, Scotty? Yeah. Is it 400? Yeah, it would have been. Supposed. Long, but they were shortened, yeah. Yeah. And so, so well, first of all, okay, so for those those playing the home game, right? So when we talk about a marathon stage, marathon stages are, are those are, everybody is a Malamoto. You could be a factory team. But that's that's where you get to test your mechanical knowledge because you don't get to hand the bike off to anybody. That's you working on it. All you. Yeah. So you. So again, for those playing the home game, a marathon stage is basically you are going to race to a certain location, and then you are basically sequestered. It's just you, no support crew, you, your bike, your teammates. If you're on on a team or if you're Malamoto, it's just another day at the office, 
and mm-hmm. that's it. You get some parts that you're allowed. You know, you got very specific things that the organizations let you take to this place. And that's all you get. And then the next day you race back. Rules vary, tire changes, things like that, what spares. It, traditionally, it's very minimalistic. Traditionally, you're only on the tires you took. So you, that's where you get like what Toby Price last year or the year before, you know, having to do this duct tape and zip tie repair on his <laughs> tires just to make it out of there. So marathon stages are designed to be very challenging. And I, w- I was excited to see the Baja Rally did that. So what was that like? And that was in L.A. Bay that you guys went to? Correct. Yes, mm-hmm. first time to go to L.A. Bay to Bahia de Los Angeles, and the um, the we were relaxed on we relaxed a lot of the competitive part of the rally while keeping it competitive. Some of the rules, instead of being super like Bronner, Nick Bronner or Alec Bronner's girlfriend. They wanted to come. And at first it's like, no, they can't come because they're part of the support team. And then we realized that this isn't a hundred person rally or an 80 person rally. So we were relaxing some of the some of the rules that next year we will be uh, more strict with is having will be a little bit more strict with uh, who can come into the to the marathon area. And we do plan on spending uh, you know, we, it's going to be the same format, similar format, hosting from Catavina Hotel. Everybody that is telling us things tells us that that was just the best place to. It's an oasis in the middle of the desert that has a pool and a great vibe and it's comfortable. You know, if there wasn't so many flies this year, it would have been, you know, ideal. So the marathon stage, it's a two-day deal. So it's basically you're racing for two days with one, you know, service uh, interval, so you don't have that um, the service thing. Coast to coast rally is coming back, and that's going to be in February. Um, you should look at that coast to coast um, rally in in uh, Veracruz. They'll have a marathon stage towards the end. It, they're doing a five day rally, and you know their marathon stage is the second to last. And um, you know in 2017, that's where I had a wheel bearing, and there's no cycle gear there's no shops there's nobody with a ktm up in this uh village and so that was tap out time but you know the bay of la experience was great something i think that we're hearing i think mo hart said it on one of your episodes that you know it was 90 degrees there and everyone showed up it's a beautiful place and the rooms are all air conditioned and so i think cold and the pool was like was (laughs) was like refreshing and so now i think you're uh, you hit it on the head with that choice of Via Vita, and Mauricio uh, will likely bring it back next year, I think. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we we pull it out, like, yeah, let's go, and then deciding where to stay, it was just, since we don't know how, how much uh, gear are we going to bring on the logistics and, and all the stuff moving, but it was it was very smooth. Nice. Um, but yeah, that, that's a, that was a good one, Big. Nice. Yeah, I'm 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 glad to see that because I I feel like that is just another like one more step, you know, just one more challenge. The terrain is challenging enough. And and that's something that I um I kind of want to, you know, Danny, you you did a lot of the the recoveries like you were sweeping, you were like 
you were in it. I mean, that's <laughs> hell of yeah. a job. Too, bro. Hell of a job. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, and 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 we've talked previously. Yeah. You're seasoned. I mean, overlanding and and being out in the middle of nowhere in the bushes. That's not. You're not a stranger to that. No, I am not. <clears throat> so, tell us a little bit. Like, okay, so we know Scotty designed the course, and we know Scotty can design a course. Right. I mean, that's. I've, I've got five years of racers now, six years of racers that I've talked to firsthand. And none of them will tell me any different that, no, that course was not like, eh, it wasn't that. No, everybody says that. But we'll leave Scotty out of this one. What, what was the course like for you? Well, one of the best experiences on course for me to begin with was how I met Scotty. And I won't get into that long story, but having him in the truck with me, which was a first for him as well, to be driven a lot of on, on, on most of these courses and have such a good time me sitting there watching the course master do what he's doing. Um, he kept looking at me and saying, I know that you're going to think I'm crazy at the end of this, but you're going to have a great time. And I'm like, no, no, don't worry about it. I already thought you were crazy. I'm just, you know, reaffirming the, the entire situation, but we're just was, verifying. <laughs> I mean, to see the decision-making as we're going through course was so rewarding for me to see having been on many courses, you know, over my life, Writing with him and seeing how the decisions are made at the forks, at the T's and at the Y's and why the decisions are made. The getting famous for saying the heaven through hell, why I absolutely hate him for, you know, an hour and then I'm just in love with exactly everything he's doing for the next hour as we're on the coast and it's nice and cool. And then we get out there in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, where we've just been getting beat for a while, but the view is incredible. You're like, all right, I need some more coast. I need some more coast. Just when you're getting ready to get those hands around his neck, bam, right to the coast again. And it's just... It's just some more epicness. Yeah. Yeah. It just brings the whole thing together, you know? So, but sweeping was this year was, um, special in all ways. We had a little bit more support, um, out there on the course, which we didn't need the years that I was in the past, but it was necessary this year. It happened every time where there was, you know, whether it was Eddie Zeller, you know, who took it a very unfortunate spill, um, Sorry. Uh, Baja bound. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Eddie Zeller had a spill and we were very close to him. He's one of the moto medics and he's one of the guys who's been around, you know, the Baja rally forever. And, uh, thank God he was okay, but he did break his leg, um, right above his ankle. And we were right behind him. Baja bound decided I, I uh, had a few drinks at the hotel with Baja bound the night before. And I said, guys, come out on course with me. Cause they, we're going to stay at the hotel the whole time. And I said, no, 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 you guys aren't staying in the hotel. Let's go. And they're like, let's go. We got the truck to do it. And, and they had the attitude to do it too. Cause I said, it's going to be a long day and you might hate me at the end of the day, but believe me, you're going to be happy. You did it. And they were so happy. They this is on stage two, stage two. Yeah. It was day two, stage two. Um, we get there and we loaded his bike up right on his, uh, Tundra on the Baja bound tundra. So we got a really nice ride on the way home with the AC rolling so that you could stay on course. So I could stay on course and continue sweeping the entire course that day, which was, I think I swept the entire course for, for the six stages, you know, and the other two days was about a half day, one day, half day, another day with the support of the other guys, you know, which was great to have. And it's good that you stayed out there on the course and you didn't be the guy that extracted him because yeah if I, if I would have had to have done the extraction I, I would have been so far from the middle of the course it's really hard to get all the way out there something he gets in trouble again 
and they need to get out of there. It, it just makes it impossible to, I mean, it, it, the trucks are as, only as fast as they can go. And there's moments where we're right with the motos, but there's moments when the motos just completely dust us and we're, and they're gone. So if we had to bring a truck all the way back to the recovery areas where something could happen on middle course, which is the farthest areas where you are from the bivouac, uh, it's just, there's no way. I mean, it's just too much time and, and too much danger too for, for the riders. Plus you got to think about the trucks not breaking down. If you're doing all these miles back and forth, and then we have a truck recovery as well, then we're not doing our job, you know? So that's, and that's our primary job. So Make sure who was it are- that you got one of the Bronner kids had blown a motor and that was your next call that was the one that you picked up on the same day right yeah right after you know right after it was really funny because um the area that we had to go through to get to him was a very tight dangerous area that had a lot of drop-offs where actually a couple of motos had some eight foot drops uh really big drops and six turns into eight after like you know, first hey, it was like hey, five, hey. five, then it was six, now it's eight. So well, it, the more bikes that end up down there, the, the hole gets a little bit deeper. That 400, but that 400 pound barley that got away, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was really fun to get out to him. He was out there. I couldn't believe his spirits were, he was the most positive guy I've ever seen broken down in my life. It was an absolute experience to break him up because he was like, Hey guys, how's it going? And, uh, you know how we want to get the moto in there. We hurry up and get the, the moto in there. And I, said, I said, that's, that's gotta be the most beautiful horse that's ever sat on the back of my truck. <laughs> and to see it broke down was sad, but God, it, it was uh, a lot of fun. Was that? was that Nick or Alec Bronner? It was Nick actually. Okay. Yeah, it was Nick. Um, so as we're rolling back, um, he didn't really expect to be rolling back at about 45 or so, 50. He said, I have a Tacoma, but it's not really quite as fast as it says. I said, no, it's probably as fast, but you're used to going faster on the, on the moto. So yeah. <laughs> you're also used to yeah. driving. So we had a really good time riding back. And it was really good to, to have somebody who was fast as he was and as, and as focused on the race as he was to have the attitude that you have to have in order to have a successful rally, which was just complete positive, ready for tomorrow. I hope we can get the bike fixed and get something going yeah. again or another bike, which is what, at the end of the day, thanks to Diespro, ended up happening. Yeah. You know, getting another bike. So, nice. Yeah. Uh, that, that was definitely a good showing. And that, and, you know, we that was the first, like, I was really impressed with that. So you guys had, I believe it was, in the end, was 12, 12 new guys. 12. 14. 14, 14 total. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so rookies. 12. Yeah, but she had so 14 rookies. That's huge. And, a year and, of the rookie. And not only that, but a lot of those guys, I mean, the Bronner kids, I don't know that they've ever raced, ridden in Baja. They've I, never been to Baja. They have they've never, never been, been to Baja. They've never been. Ever. But put, what, an hour 45 on the entire field? I mean. Uh, the entire field. The entire. Entire and, field. Yeah, and then the kid that broke his motor or that blew his motor. You know, he gets penalized and ends up having to start from behind, mm-hmm. you know, for day three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he finished second place physical on the f- sixth day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He made up all that time because his starting order on the last day, start he was starting second or third. It's like he jumped, even though he had a DNF or had the, uh, um, like, a 10-hour penalty or some kind of a huge penalty, mm-hmm. like he made all that up. I don't know how, how else to explain how he finished, but those two young guys were just uh, remarkable, and it makes us change the rule a little bit so that there's rookie and then there's rookie nov. 
mm-hmm. or rookie novato or the novice rookie that, hey, you can't be a champion or a, like a, a, a blue ribbon, like hair scramble, hair scramble racer, mm-hmm. you know, or like a hare and hound racer and then come out and just go full rookie. So yeah. we're going to have to tweak it so that authentic rookies that are really green behind the ears mm-hmm. um, have a different trophy to fight for. Yeah. Well, but these guys really tip the scales. I mean, they yeah, really... they, and, and this was, this was something interesting. And I, I, I talked about it a little bit in that episode is to me, there was something very interesting. And I went through, I, I didn't, while I didn't get to do the practical side of your rally school, I got to sit in on the first classroom session and there was a, there was a theme in there that was very important and that's been reiterated across many people. And it's basically is in rally, you're really only doing two things. You're either navigating or you're racing and you're generally not doing both at the same time, because if you're doing both at the same time, one of those two is going to cost you. And the fact that these kids knew when to shut it off because you, you, you could go fast. And, and I heard from other racers and all that stuff that these guys were in kill mode, like they were in attack mode. Yes. But the fact that they had the brain to, Okay, time to sit down, time to rope it in, navigate this, and then next and then gone. And at, at, at a pace, obviously. I mean, obviously it wasn't like right. down to first gear, but you know, that that was I mean, it, it's inspirational because now you're saying, okay, here's a whole new generation, you know, coming at this. And what was the to get to the question, what was the feedback that you guys I mean you, you spent time with them, Danny, in, in yeah. the car. Yeah. What what was it? What were the comments you heard from him? Well, my question, there? my question to him specifically was, what is it that made everything click like that? And he said, he said it was, you know, mostly instinct of just following. It's really funny because he said to me exactly what Scotty said to me the first time I was, he was in my truck while we were making race course. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, we're picking the best route. And then, and then we're, we're taking these whys off of the main routes when we need to start doing more navigating so that guys can really enjoy speed. And then once we jump off of that, we need to make sure that it's challenging enough that it's really a challenge. And he was saying, I was going, it was almost like he was connected to Scotty's brain because as I was hearing him explain him, talk us through how he's going through the course, it it almost sounded like what you were explaining to me when we were going through the course. Which, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. I said, well, you, you got to have that sixth sense in mm-hmm. order to be able to do what, he, what they were doing. So if just- you're free riding and you're, on a, you're out in the desert and you're free riding and you see a why and you just naturally want to keep the flow going, mm-hmm. you're going to take mm-hmm. the one that keeps the flow. And that's mm-hmm. the idea behind mm-hmm. the, the rally is to not break that, that flow, mm-hmm. not to break it up or disrupt it, just... For the sake of navigation and so whenever we can keep it flowing and rad mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do and then you know as soon as they get comfortable and it's like okay just keep doing the main line then we're going to throw something uh in there but each day of every of every rally each day there's going to be either a naturally weak note that's mm-hmm. going to be the natural achilles heel the one that most people are going to screw up on or it's intentional. Mm-hmm. And so we intentionally on the third, fourth, and fifth day, and the sixth day, there's intentional ambiguity thrown into it that, um, like the mine on the last day, the, the marmal mine, the onyx mine, 
where it's people are like, oh, I got really kind of screwed up on there. Okay, that was intentional. You were supposed to basically have to struggle a little bit and take some guesses mm-hmm. uh, out of it. But that, um, you know, that Nick and Alec and that the fast guys, how they're in race mode and just going for kill, uh, and that you're saying that they have to stop or sit down or slow down is it's no cakewalk to get through the nav. And so they, they, they pulled it off, you know, and like I could see them maybe having a 15 minute mistake and then making all that time back up. Mm-hmm. But there were guys that are racing against David Pearson. You know, there's uh, Tony Palandrani, who's no longer a rookie anymore. Um, and, you know, he's no rookie but in score. He's raced plenty of score, never had a podium as rider of record, so he qualified as a rookie. Mm-hmm. But they're also racing against Mike Johnson. And, you know, Mike has raced in every <laughs> single Baja rally uh, except for one. And, you know, he's been on the podium like seven, six or seven times. And, uh, you know, he really wanted to win. The, he still wants to win one. Mm-hmm. But with these younger kids, it's like they're, it's, uh, they just know that there's a big gap. And yeah. so the young kids, they're rookies no longer. Uh, but hopefully with Robert Mann and thanks so much to Freedom and, and Kansas City Rally for coming out <clears throat> or Kansas Rally team uh, for coming and coming back. Mm-hmm. So they've given me a verbal for 10. Uh, they think they can handle 10 riders uh, under their tent next year. And so that's a uh, that'll be a big presence. And I think what they want to do is have the biggest presence. And what a team they are. What a team. They are, yeah. What I a mean, team. And they've put resources and right. they have uh, capital invested. They got, you right. know. Like Mike Georgeson was the pit boss at the Sonora Rally, which you guys just wrapped that thing up. What a great, successful event that turned out to be. Um, and the news about Sonora joining in with FIM for the uh, World Championship Rally Raid uh, Series is is like it's like game changer. It's like seismic. Um, news for the whole sport of rally in North America uh, to have, you know, the tour, you know, the big world tour, do a stop in northern Mexico. Yeah, uh, to them on that. Yeah, I mean, wow. huge. It's like Sonora's been working for years to get their uh, get their 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 game wired and get their game going well, and it's like a a huge boost for them. And I think for all of the pros and for Mexico in general, for the state of Sonora. And also for rally raid participants and rally fans in North America, you know, it's nothing but good news. And, you know, not to segue, but uh, that's a kind of a seismic news event in the last week that's that's popped up that is worth noting. Yeah, I mean, that's and in, in, in what I, I agree with that, like now. Now, North America. Now you can say, OK, yeah, North, North America is on the ra- uh, on oh, the on that cover mm-hmm. and and you know what what was to say a, a rising tide you know lifts all boats and mm-hmm. and that's the thing so now we have we're going to have some more attention some more spotlights some more people we're going to have obviously there's going to be more people that travel to the event or maybe just even as spectators whatever it is i mean we know we already know that that just turned into another uh, uh, a right. production and so it puts the more an even bigger emphasis on what you guys are doing and in in having another event you can't you can't have just one event there's got to be multiple right. events. you got the kota rally yellowstone rally i'm not right. sure what's going on with that but you know that i know they're working on on the next episode obviously baja rally that's already 10 years coast to i coast. mean coast to coast the other one so yeah 
there's there's some meat on the bones for yes. people to get into it and 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 work through it and so I don't. I'm, no excuses. Yeah, there, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> close, the the objections, right? All the doors, all the that hallway of Wide objections, open. they're Let's all go. getting closed. You know, <laughs> you're gonna get to the point where it's like, all right, it's time to get off the pot and right. and and get out on on a bike. And I mean, right. and that's um, we haven't talked to Mauricio, but I mean, I've known Mauricio for Mauricio. How long have I known you? Like. 20 years um yeah 20 20 plus <laughs> 20 plus years sorry to hear that and yeah, yeah i know right uh, what i learned was a valuable <laughs> lesson on. if you ask mauricio for a sticker you're gonna get into some stuff there's you're some, gonna get you in know. trouble but <laughs> now like in in the time that i've known you i mean it, you started with baharelli and this but then you picked up riding and you know on the xr 400 and and chasing scotty around you know on these stages yep. and, and so and we got to chase we got to chase Mao on his first stages, and uh, that was making course for 19, remember? So we got to actually yeah. chase Mao around quite a bit, and I remember actually winching Mao out of the oh, mud. From the mud. Here, let, here hold on. Here, yeah, there, there we go. Yeah, you're, you're good, Mao. I muted his mic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, yeah, he did. He, yeah. he, they both rescued me, and it, it was, I mean, it was fun, but it was fucked if I didn't have them. I would be still there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's <laughs> so, why I was, I would start riding again. He's nice. So I, you know, I want to ask you how the how the rally went went for you. But I, there's, I think there's an important question to ask about this, and because uh, it's a reoccurring theme. How many times did you guys run these stages? Without, I mean, if you don't want to give away the secret sauce, that's that's totally fine. You know, you can just say a bunch of times. But roughly about how many times do you guys run each stage before you say this will? I'm going to say this will work because I know the. I talked about this in the previous episode. Mm. There's always that, like you said, there's always that one note that you think you can make it a little bit stronger. Mm. You go through the whole, man, I, you know, I, I can see that. I haven't experienced it, but I can see it, that you just get sucked into this vortex of trying to make the perfect road book. But, well, you- we actually had it. I mean, we, we went several times before, and then we thought we had it. We were super happy, like, okay, we, we nailed it. I don't know, five, six, seven times before. And then the news about the storm coming in, we're like, <laughs> fuck, let's we'll go back to ground zero. So we were monitoring the, the rain and seeing the news, and yes, it was very bad. And Scotty was remembering, like, okay, this, is, this is every four years, so it's a cycle of that. So we just said, okay, let's man up and let's go back. So Scotty went back and Thank you, Elon, with uh, with the Starlink, and wrote it like a week before to do the the last corrections and then make big decisions like cutting stages or putting them around and then noting the hazards. It's a lot of uh, responsibility on on designing the course, uh, the extraction routes, the everything. So it's it has to do on the safety. The safety side will always dictate the the way. Uh, but that's the art of having safety rides and and extreme riding. So that's that was it. So five is the is the long is the long answer. So the most that you're going to run a stage is five times mm-hmm. from you know conception to to marking the making the a clean GPS GPX track to actually uh, tuning the roadbook to having the final verification. Five is the most. And like half of one run is like the stage six from last year 
uh, was pieced together with Rally Navigator. Thanks, Mike Shirley. <clears throat> Rally Navigator's come so far, and that with when you put Rally Comp, Rally Navigator, <laughs> E32 maps, <clears throat> you know, Garmin, Google Earth, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, using your Forerunner, using four or yeah. of these pieces, <laughs> you, you, you can. It's we're getting it wired now, so where we can take. A little section, 15 kilometers from this one stage. Mal and I ran it after the storm, and that's, and, and then another mile of pre-running the day before. And stage six, 70 kilometers from scratch, basically not even run at one time. So the last mm-hmm. stage, I never ran the whole thing straight through. It's mm-hmm. just pieces where I can trust it to where there's not going to be a failure. And yeah. so that's not possible on all of the stages, but mm-hmm. stage four. Um, was made <clears throat> it was made by scratch by hand less than a week before the rally started so it's just basically from the highway it's that 109 kilometer piece the hardest most technical stage that had all the the ruts and it was this is the one where if someone broke down there's no way to get their bike out the only way to get the bike out is to send parts in and with a mechanic <laughs> yeah is by, the only way by, bird. But, by bird, by yeah. bird, and that's the long answer. So yeah. it could be in the future. It's like two times is the minimum that you have to run the whole stage. And mm-hmm. this rally we just completed. Part of the reason it was so successful is it was basically two and a half years in the making. Mm-hmm. So we started building it early 2020. Yeah. Um, you know, basically first week of 2020, <clears throat> COVID hits that rally. We ran the stages. Five of them, you were there. We mm-hmm. had 10 people on an underground, non-competitive rally. Um, and so a lot a lot of the stages, a couple of the stages from this recent rally, we ran them already. We ran them with guests, mm-hmm. with 10 you know, guest riders in 2020. Mm-hmm. None of those riders were present. Yeah. Matt Sutherland was there in 2019. He didn't make it to 2022, but uh, this last rally was very successful. The stages were successful, and hats off to Mike at Rally Comp, you know, for everything he's already done uh, and everything he will do. And the thing is, is we can all talk about, like, everything that Sonora has already done, but mm-hmm. the important thing is what Sonora will do. Yeah. And the important thing for us is what Baja Rally will do. And part of that is, is trying to figure out what are we capable of. Mm-hmm. And now Mal, it, Mauricio, like, you know, this year was a breakthrough for us in which area? Mm-hmm. Mal? Well, I think that was the year of the rookie also for me because he was the, the, <laughs> You're the, the guy who kind of... What was the hotel? Yeah, so, it was, the, it was the, the Lost in Baja bringing what you and your team do every day, every week bringing that to the rally with hospitality, the accommodations, the food, the lodging, the logistics part of that uh, was the, in the history, in the past, that's been one of our harder spots is mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's also chaos with the hotel the room, keys and shit and the hotel keys and stuff like that. Yeah. And, so. and, and, and you're right. I mean, then that's yeah. the, I mean, the logistics of it, because you, you think, oh, you know, yeah, you had so many racers, but then you add so many staff and you add this and then, multiple phone calls and getting together with these hotels and making sure they're ready. Even something as simple as like, what time do you got to open the kitchen? You know, exactly. we're going to have Can a you full please open at a five. Yes. Yeah. Instead of six. And they were like, uh, I don't know. I need to wake up the, the cooks at uh, 3 a.m. 
Okay. Well, you better because that will be the big sale of the year. Yeah. So, but th- but they're super happy to to have them. I think the answer to that is just we worked hard. We worked hard for the last two years. Every Tuesday meetings, uh, we sacrificed time and everything, and that that was a result of uh, everyone's everyone's angle working hard. Did a great rally for everyone. Uh, what Matt did and everything. Of course, there are uncertain things around, but they were the minimum. I mean, we tried. I personally tried to do it. I want to enjoy this rally. I want to have everything set so I can just be there. And that was it. I was very calm and very thankful of all the team. Uh, my dad got to be with us again another year. So that makes me very happy. The staff got to enjoy the rally completely, yeah. just yeah. like the writers did. Yeah. I mean, it was really. And and that was that was something, you know, that I heard. And and. And hats out to that because I think like, you know, I was present at the writers meeting and did all that and, and, and saw it and there was a there was there was a vibe. Every everybody there's is a friend and and I think that the there was not that competitive like, you know, that that face, that look, that you know, those and and you know, they're you know, obviously they they're the common you know, that some people thought that that sometimes it's too relaxed, but you have to understand you get a bunch of guys on bikes there's going to be a competition right i mean it's just it's not you cannot it will never <laughs> ever ever happen where you can't get five guys on bikes and someone has to be the first one there's a reason <laughs> yeah. the dinner line I mean. it's just whatever it is to the dinner line to the bathroom <laughs> to the starting line whatever it is and it's good yeah, and cool. i think that that was really like it was just so chill in the bivouacs but then you could tell the guys were up for it when it came to the lineup, uh, leaving the, the bivouac how it should be, how it should be. And and I think that that's and then I mean, like I was watching uh, I was watching a, a friend of mine, Travis, from every single Sunday. I was watching his video of him uh, doing this ride with Ready to Ride Reynolds down in, in Baja, riding through Catavina. Mm. And I'm like watching these areas that you guys have picked to run through. And I and I, I, I paused the video. I sent him a picture. I'm all like right here. David Pearson, Garrett Poche, bumping shoulders like neither of them knew they were coming to this Y. And that was right. uh, across from Chapala where you came off the dry lake bed and it was a silt bed. And then it was it's two perfect trails, two perfect two tracks, and they both merge at the end. And neither of them, because of the bushes in the middle, knew they were on either side of it. But I'm standing at the finish line where they're going to, you know, the final beep, 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 you know, get the <laughs> to get the time. I'm watching these guys heading at me and going, this isn't good. This is not going to be good. And neither of them, that Honda on Garrett and then uh, Dave on the on the KTM, there was nothing left in that throttle. There was absolutely nothing left in that motor either. And it's just like it will always be a competitive event no matter. And it will always, I think, you know, honestly, like the adventures, the, the Baja has a lot to offer. Sonora for me is new. Sonora, going to Sonora, I've seen the terrain and all that stuff. And. I'm not a fan of the sand dunes. I'll just straight up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that's a give or take. You either are or you're not. There, yeah, I, that's no what I think too. You're either yeah, you're either you're okay with it or you're not. But mm-hmm. but what I'm getting at is it's just it's such a like a beautiful event. And I don't use that like I don't use the term beautiful a lot. Right. Right. Unless I'm referring to the girlfriend and I could but <laughs> this year had a different vibe. It really did. And yeah. I, I will think, I will tell you something in all that the, it's it's about the vibe. It's there's people talking and having fun at the V Walk, but also together on the racetrack. 
Mm-hmm. So that also adds to to the to that uh, feeling that you you are just eating a taco or something, and then you're writing. Then there's camaraderie on the track. The, the the best part that I get to see being out of the course is seeing that camaraderie between the riders. They're always somebody stopped. They're checking up on each other. They're making sure everybody's good. They're racing e- each other. It does not make a difference. Mm-hmm. Everybody's checking up on everybody out there, which is great to see. I, I'm out there, you know, kind of on the podium on top, you know, mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, looking down at everybody, kind of like Simba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? watching over the like, kids. Wow, this is incredible <laughs> to see these guys going full bore. You're watching some of the best guys out there, and then all of a sudden they're stopped and they're making sure somebody's okay. They're mm-hmm. good to go, thumbs up, and everybody's right on race again, just mm-hmm. just like at the bivouac. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's everybody's cool until the dinner bell rings, and then who's yeah. the first guy there? Then once everybody's sitting at the dinner table, it's, hey, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It turns into a whole other. That's right, a whole yeah. other atmosphere. Yeah. No more race. I think, I think that also adds that everyone there knows how remote we are, how far in the middle of everywhere we are. So you don't want to be that guy uh, mm-hmm. there with something. So you need to ask them because they know that it could be you. And they also know that we're, they're super safe and everything, but they know how, how lonely places we go. Yeah. And... And so that, you know, now I want to talk about that with you is, is the, the, the decision on, on Catavina and the hotel and the relationship that you guys have formed with them. Tell like the, the area, I mean, you guys have spent a ton of time in the Catavina area. Is there a particular yeah. reason that's like, okay, you know what, we're going to, we're, we're going to pick Catavina as the focal point of this year's rally. Well, well no, I guess that when from, we this is from Mauricio, yeah. let him take it. There's two, two big things, and so you know what they are, Mauricio. There's two big answers to that to the question of why Catavina and how. Well, I'll say my my first one is we go so many so many times there, and it's beautiful, and how there's pristine and everything. I mean, we learn a lot when we did the studio, the Manifiesto de Impacto Ambiental, the, the ecology study. And I was, this is like, we, we need to come here. We need to be more concentrated here. And that was why Catavina the first. But moving down to San Quintin as, as a, let's call it the, the center of the start of the finish, it's because of uh, tourism, the, the bringing people there, and not only in Ensenada, because so Ensenada already has their, their thing going on. So San Quintin needs more of a tourism and support. So uh, also the chaos from Ensenada to San Quintin with all the bivouac uh, circus, I'll call it, support vehicles and everything. It just doesn't make much sense. So San Quintin, getting there, relaxed by the beach, uh, that also adds to the, to, to the good vibe. So tourism... To the pristine areas and the friends that we have down there. Bingo. Yeah. So it's the, the relationships that we started in 2015 and that Mauricio has insulated through his other businesses, uh, Lost in Baja and, you know, name, namely Lost in Baja, is, uh, that's the secret. And so mm-hmm. the thing is, is we have really strong relationships in, at the hotels and the management and the ownership and then also in the municipal uh, offices of San Quintin, which is now its own municipality. And so, I mean, I don't want to answer the question for Mauricio, but Catavina is a, uh, is a um, 
magic special place and we're going back there. And so people that you, if you raced with us before, I promise you that you're not going to be bored with the next stages. The stages are going to have similar start areas. Like we have start zones and finish zones that we can use it 20 times. And, but it's only the first couple of miles, the first couple of kilometers, and then it all gets scrambled and mixed around. And so, um, and then the other thing he, he mentioned was the, the impact study or the, the environmental impact study that we conducted. We have a five-year permit on that. I think we have another year left with our extensions of having skipped a couple of years. Um, but that is the reason that we're down there and mm-hmm. we can focus there. Now, the benefit of having all of the stages down below El Rosario is there's less gates, there's less fences, and there's less um, possibilities for blockage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, up north, if you, around Ojos Negros, you know, there's head-on collisions, there's traffic, spectators getting hurt and killed, and there's ranchers, and there's other weird stuff going on up north where, there's, where it's not conducive, you mm-hmm. know, for, for doing this uh, thing. So I think Mao, the boss, uh, you know, it will guide us to for next year is to develop and we'll begin development in one month beginning of December. There's, there's something to, to pay to have, I mean, it's not, it's not, um, there's not, there's no communications. So, so we have no cell service. We have nothing. So we need to rely on the latest technology from satellite phone stores. And thank you, Elon, again with the Starlinks because there's nothing around. So that also adds to the magic and also as to the camaraderie, because they're not on the phone all time or anything, because there's nothing. Nobody can yeah. pick up their phone or anything. So also being there is like a retreat for rally, doing the rally heaven. Yeah. It, it's just so beautiful. And, and I mean, the, in the terrain. And I mean, and, and what better spot, too? Because I, I, I remember seeing the I remember seeing the surveys and. It was always kind of the same, you know, like, yeah, we could do without Ensenada because it's always a kind of a drag to get out of town and all that stuff. Not not to downplay Ensenada, right? Ensenada, the capital of off-road and all of that. But it was always Catavina that had the highest marks. For know, food right? and for bivouac for, ambiance and yeah. all that so stuff. It's like, well, for, for somebody who's been to Baja his entire life and, and absolutely love and am passionate about Baja, I love Ensenada as the truest... And knowing all of Mexico as well as I do, Ensenada is such a true Mexican da- town for being as north as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people in the south of Mexico don't consider a lot of areas in the north of Mexico to really be kind of a true Mexico. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a lot of Americans don't consider California to be, which I'm one of them, and, and I agree with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's Mexico has this... This, it's a very different country in the middle and south. Oh, and when you get to the north, it starts bleeding into something else. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, in Baja, what happens, Ensenada being as magical town as it is, really, if you want to enjoy it as a rider, mm-hmm. you need to start in San Quintin and go from San Quintin south. Because yeah. that's when things open up. Or you're, you're dealing with Monday to, you know, Monday to Friday traffic all, all over the weekends as well. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just a spectacular thing. And Catavina is a- its own... <laughs> Everything. It is its own everything down there. It's such a I, an impressive place. I will add to this to the success is that when you are the Baja Rally, you know you're gonna get fuel in the middle of nowhere. You have motomedics behind you, which they're they are great. You have Danny as a swift, you have a helicopter on the ground waiting for a call. 
we have paramedics on, on the highway with ambulances and then we have everything so you've been able to ride it's not something that you can do any weekend it, it, it needs time and, and money to, so you can have it so you're a cater on a safe route in heaven and that word is getting out. So people are going home and they're telling their spouse or their coworker or their partner. The partner of someone is like, dude, every time you go racing, you might die. You might get hurt. You might be out of work and you're going to put me in a bad spot. Well, they can go home and tell them, look at these pictures of the moto medics and look at there was definitely, um, you know, a ton of medical support there. You know, we um, in this edition of the rally, something that we've kept really underground and we've kept really tight uh, you know, lips about is we had two people there participating in the race that on any other day, they, would, they can't do that. So it's a guy, a, a man and a woman were there. Mm -hmm. Charlie Siniwan, Carlos Garcia, you know, we can tell you that he was there. Mm -hmm. And what it is is, this guy has a million four subscribers on his YouTube channel. He's a round the world travel blogger, been riding for BMW for about 11 years. And he spent a week and he just left BMW. Basically, the day that our rally started was his first day on Ducati. Mm -hmm. But he was riding a, a blank bike, like mm -hmm. a, a just a, a skinny no, bike. Racer X. Yeah, he was but, riding a basically a skinny bike, a 500cc rally light. Um, the reason I wanted to bring him up is that the woman that was with him were not really able to disclose her yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but both of these two people get recognized wherever they go. If they're in the, if this woman is is just walking around in the U.S. at a shopping center, someone's going to come up to her and ask her for a picture. Charlie goes into the airport at, in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. I was with him. We have four different people yelling his name out. Charlie, Charlie, and selfie, picture, picture. And these, <laughs> these are like movie star, rock star people. And no exaggeration, they're super recognizable. You walk in Walmart, how many times did you get recognized in there? Oh, just twice. Take them to a restaurant, so on and so forth. But these yeah. two people, you weren't there for like the third night or, when, or the fourth night, Victor, but... They're sitting in the crowd and they're just loving being a, just a regular person next mm -hmm. to these other people. And these, both Charlie and the woman, on their own, they travel alone around the world. She's been at it for five years. He's been at it for 12. And they, uh, they live these certain weird lives. But for one week, mm -hmm. we gave them this gift that they're sitting among racers in Baja Rally and nobody's giving them extra attention. No one's, you know, they, Completely give them, anonymous. they kind of give them a little extra attention in the pits. You've never seen so many guys crowd around this, this woman. I can't wait until she comes out and she makes it public about like what she did and, and yeah. how she did it. That's one of the more dramatic stories, but, but it's how they are that makes it all worth yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's incredible. how they are. And so their content comes out. None of it is contrived. If they do a story about Baja rally and their experience at Baja rally, it's 100% them just sharing openly. Mm -hmm. and But we won't see any of that for at least five weeks, six weeks from now. Yeah. And, you know, while... Well, it's not like we could afford it anyways. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to produce or to... Um, yeah, yeah, do all that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. the, the Steven price Spielberg tag. style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the uh, So, and it's very interesting, right? So, 
what I remember this is a kind of story from the past. So I remember when I used to DJ and there was other DJs that would, we would share the night and they would do all that stuff. And, and I don't, the drinking, the, this, the, that, the other. And I always told them, oh, you know, you never know who's listening in the crowd. You never know who that is leaning up against the wall. You never know if that's the club owner, if that's the partner, if that's his best friend, if that's or a, iced tea or iced tea, whatever it is. You never, you never know who's watching. Right. So the moral is, is you never know who's listening when you're talking. Well, you have a new fan in in the one of the two characters that you're that you're mentioning, and from my understanding is like it's Rally Raid. He's now well, I gave away yes. who it is, but he's no, Charlie, now Charlie is 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 hooked, and it's like one one more victim. Yes. One more, one more, one more victim to the (laughs) rally raid bug. It really is. And it's amazing to see that because here's a guy that's been lost for 12 years. Yeah. 13 years, 13 years, been lost. I mean, where do I feel like going today? Because I mean, that, that's something that's said in rally. Yeah. Honestly, once you're past the first note, you're lost. Yeah. You're a hundred meters from the start. You have no idea where you're going. (laughs) That's right. Same with him there. traveling. You're out there. And that's what he does. I mean, he's out there. and I'll say, But for him to say, you know what? I pick this. I want to do this. And it's not about, he's, he's not there to be in kill mode. He's not there to win a stage. No. No. He's there to get lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he certainly did kill. He did a great he, uh, job. Yeah. Which blew us all away. I mean. No, he. Like, wow. Yeah, you can't bet against these guys. And so they no ride. Way. So the woman, we're going to leave her anonymous. She yeah. is a very, very special human. And when she comes with her content, she had the same effect. She basically overcame huge obstacles to make it, to finish, and to get there in the first place. And, um, you know, injuring herself, and, but, but persevering through really technical stages, getting to the end. And it's no small deal. I mean, they were, it's a big deal for these guys. But yeah. on Charlie's thing... Um, you know, they, he and she, they lug around a lot of luggage and a lot of gear. And in his case, he was riding a 800, you know, a, a BMW 850 GS for a long time. And then an 800 in the last year, you know, but loaded with like 100 pounds worth of gear. Mm-hmm, you know, right. it's like 100 with the bag weight and everything in there. They're carrying an extra 100 pounds, you know, on their, you know, with everything all included. And so now you put them on little bikes, on skinny bikes. I'm free. In her case, she went up in CCs, but down in total weight, and she crushed it. I mean, she Mm -hmm. killed it. When that content comes out, when the when the when the when the when the mask comes off of that thing, it's going to be pretty big. uh, Well, what happened the day she got the all stop? The day she got the all stop, and we came to her right up to that that huge uphill. We had the moto medics hanging out with her because. Because her tower was falling off, it was vibrating. Stage one. She's like, guys, <laughs> yeah. rip this thing off. I want to finish. Mm-hmm. And it was like we were so inspired. I mean, it was just an ex- incredible experience. I can't wait for for her to come out. It's it's just going to be. It's going to be also great for the rally industry for all of it. Like, just they those two guys, super followed. It will put the rally out there. So hopefully, more people will get trapped and get stung by the rally bug. And, and I mean, and I, I, I want to add a second because this, I mean, it, it's huge. These are not, they're not rally racers. No. They're not, they're not they're, first, first and foremost, they're not even, I know. So they're, they're not even, they're, these, they're adventure riders. <laughs> right. That's literally. Hey, that, Victor, I mean, if, they, if so, there were 
rally riders, nobody will know them. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, well, yeah, you know, there's, it's the whole thing. And, and when people ask me, well, what, what's rally? I'm all like, look, it's, it's the soccer of motorcycle racing, right? You know, in the U S we, you know, soccer is kind of eh. football, right. yeah, but yeah. soccer is kind of, eh. mm-hmm. that's the same thing here in the U S that's right. rally raid and soccer in the U S that's, they're on the same right. level of, of being known. But the big thing there, and I think it, it, to highlight to me is like, yeah, I mean, they have a huge following and they're, you know, but it's the fact that they're adventure riders. They're not, they're not rally racers. It's not, I know Charlie, Charlie was at, he It's funny. We were sitting in the, and he goes, so you were at the rally school with me. He pointed at me and looked and I was like, yeah, but that's it. I mean, he's done that. I know he's done, you know, maybe some training with, with Poncho from DS pro a little bit before the race, a few day, days before the race, one day before the race, yeah. but yeah. that's it. That yeah. was it in yeah. his whole life. Yeah. The only time he ever rode an enduro bike, mm-hmm. one, one, two days at Baja Rally School 2017, one day mm-hmm. with Poncho a year ago in 2021, with Poncho and I in La Paz, and then the week before the Baja Rally, he's only been on an enduro bike three times in his whole life, and, you know, he, they were taking it really seriously, you know, yeah. more so than they really needed to, but they amazed their peers in the group and they really earned earned their wings. normal respect so they earned the basically in mexico city when i raced with patrick reyes and coast to coast to get the respect of of the mexico city guys mm-hmm. for a gringo oh yeah. sure you can kind of have like you're never going to really earn that they're, they're but it's possible Mm-hmm. You know, if you're stopping, helping, if you're genuinely sincere, you're a good racer and you're really selfless, you know, they'll finally accept you. Mm-hmm. And I think what I, I that happened to me and it was it, it shocked me. I was like, these guys are actually accepting me, mm-hmm. you know, into their little group. And, and, and they didn't tell me they just showed me with Charlie and her, the woman who's just, you know, we it, it'll be great when her name comes out. They earned the respect of the writers, not because they're famous people. No. And, and the thing is, is people talk about, oh, yeah, influencer, this influencer. We're talking about the two biggest, most influential adventure bloggers on YouTube, mm-hmm. period. So there's nobody else in the world on two wheels that has more attention than these two individuals, respectively. Mm-hmm. Well, they wouldn't have earned anything if they would have gotten special attention. That was, that's why they earned it from everybody and so quickly because they were just one of everybody else. Yeah. And that was so much fun to see and yeah. experience. And it was important to them. One thing that they, cause the reason that they were anonymous mm-hmm. isn't because they just wanted to just kind of be like, feel normal. Mm-hmm. It's be, it's a security issue. Mm-hmm. If we would have told people or leaked it out that Mrs. X or, you know, miss uh, racer X girl was coming, we named her and identified her. She said that of a thousand or two thousand people would come to Catavina, and at first we thought mm, that would be great, you know, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> or like, yeah. no, not to Catavina. But, but and then, <laughs> no, please no. Is, is, is <laughs> it true? Is it is true? That's how many yeah. people want to come and shake their hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, but I mean, it, I think it's like the perfect. It's the perfect way to do it that yeah you know what i'm 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 gonna go do this and yeah i'm just gonna it's just gonna be me versus the rally dive in and 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 then let the cards do that i mean 
because I there there was some some like I had some interaction and 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 the rules and the introduction and and I there was questions that were asked about you know certain rules and certain times and I go well this is the rule and right. if it was her if it was the next person at whoever it was is the rules are the rules period and so that's what's nice I'm, I'm sure for them it was like it's, it's kind of a, it's a break for them right. Nobody knows who the hell I am here, you know, I, and, and, and that's where you get to see the genuine person that they are. But right. to me, the impressive, the, to me, I mean, at the end of it is this isn't six rally schools, hundreds of kilometers of road book later, you know, two years going to every riding school on how to ride an enduro bike. No, it was none of that. It was what you would say, what, what the people that listen to the show, because a lot of the people that listen to the show is that's the boat they're, they're adventure riders, right. you know, like, like most, I, I, I consider myself an adventure rider. I'm just right. a, a rally enthusiast. I'm not a rally racer. And so to see that, like, there it is, like here it is on a silver platter. I can't wait for her content to come out. And I, I want to see Charlie's stuff so that, you know, that's something that can be shared is like, look, this is all it took to get right there. It is so go experience dramatic it. because they both put this goal together. Like, I'm going to do the Baja Rally. I'm going to take a week off of my regular mm-hmm. travel schedule and film and video production schedule. And I'm going to spend a whole week in Baja. I'll spend a, like a month getting ready for it and prepare for it. And But I'm not going to go to every enduro school, every six different rally schools. I'm not going to, you know, no. do every single thing under the sun to get there. But six days of Baja Rally is equivalent to having done all that other stuff. Yeah. So it's like they wrapped, instead of having to go to every enduro school, you know, around the country or around the hemisphere, what they sucked out of six days in Baja Rally and the participants that were there and the staff that was there and the media that was there, they all see that. And But the listeners and the people that have Baja Rally on their, you know, on the, on the tip of their tongue or their, it's on their wish list, you know, you didn't see... Um, you know, how that week, six days of Baja Rally is going to turn you into a machine. On the seventh day, when you're driving back towards your cubicle or towards your workspace, you know, you're itching. You're just wishing that you could get back on your arms and your chest and all your muscles, your legs and hips. Everything about your body is just, you're so um, tuned in, right? You're so Mm -hmm. conditioned. Uh You're so ready for the next day. Um, I don't know. It would be hard for some people. I know it's hard for us to, yes. go, you know, after a week away from home, or in my case, two weeks, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, you want to get back to the family and everything, but it's also a little bit bittersweet when you're, when you're when back you're to leaving, the city. Yeah. Know, back yeah. to the city. Back but, to the city. Yeah. I mean, I'm it, looking forward to, to hear how they're great communicators. That way, that's what they do for living and everything. So I just want them to, to, so I want to learn from them how to explain easy what rally is. Because every time I go to meetings and everything, I need to start explaining the ranchers and the government officials and everyone trying to explain them what the rally really is. And, and they, they don't get it. I mean, they're so used to, to the traditional of road racing. So when they kind of understand everything, they're like, okay, okay, sounds cool. So these two guys are going to help me to, to help to be able to transmit that message. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, in that, and that's, yeah, I, I mentioned in a previous episode is that everybody that is involved, whether they're a volunteer, whether they're a racer, whether 
all of us who are all ambassadors of the sport. I mean, obviously you guys are on another level, but everybody is an ambassador of the sport. That's if you're an enthusiast, you understand it, or you participate, or you form part of the board, or you're one of the moto medics or, or whatever it is. You know, we're all ambassadors right. to it. But I think, Mauricio, you're right, is the hardest thing is how do you explain it? Right. There's an example, Scotty, that you use a lot is like, how do you how do you explain landing on Mars? How do you like nobody really knows. You only have an idea. Right. So, yeah, I know. Right. It's like how I can relate to Darren Skelton's work. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like to put stages together, to mark the, the waypoints, to have the rally comp device clicking and pinging. And when it's all on his shoulders, you know, there's only a few people in the world that knows what what that's like. Yeah. And it's like I really empathize with anybody that's organizing a competitive rally mm-hmm. and the responsibility that goes into it. And now that Mal and Danny have their hands on stage building and and also on the responsibility part of it, there's mm-hmm. things that they're that they're kind of now responsible for. Yeah. Um, but the um, uh, so yeah, it's really hard to explain. And when you It'll be neat when Charlie does his explanation. It's in Latin, it's in Spanish. You know, it's in. I was going to say it's in Latin American, but uh, you know, he's speaking <laughs> to such a big audience, and yeah. you know, we're we're sure to to get new rally participants in Argentina, in uh, Colombia, Ecuador, uh, you know, Costa Rica, Guatemala, uh, and the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. from from this uh, spin-off stuff that that we expect to happen. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, and it, to kind of touch on what you were saying, you know, about like, you know, designing the course and all of that stuff. And I can see that when, uh, when you go riding with a bunch of buddies or when you guys, you know, when you go and hit the trails and all of that stuff, it's like, Hey, I'm, you know, we're going to go up Otay Mountain. You already know all the roads. Right. Right. But if you could imagine standing on top of Otay Mountain and looking out, you know, or standing up on this mountain and then looking out on the landscape and no roads, no, there's no nothing. Send me. No, you know, well, not only that, no, but I'm just talking from the creation standpoint of it. Yeah. You know, creating a stage is like, here is Mars. I'm on the highest peak on Mars right now. Right. Nobody knows this terrain. You know, I mean, they've seen it, right? We've all seen pictures, but where do you go? Where do you send them? Where right. do you, how do you, and then how do you draw this map that people will be able to navigate it? You know, it, it's, it really is a blank canvas and it is very like, it, a, a road book. I mean, it's art, you know, and, and if you get lost in yourself, everybody else is going to get lost too. Yeah. So you have to put yourself into everybody's head. But I mean, that's kind of the point, right? You want to go out and get lost. You know, and, a rally race thing. It's for grown men that can afford to not get lost, who intentionally get themselves lost mm-hmm. for the purpose of finding their way back home back to the thing and so i tried to explain when john when john dykes passed away Mm -hmm. and we memorialized him a year and a half ago uh you know he passed away two years ago uh in a motorcycle head-on as a recreational guy and you know i wrote something for his wife it's like why do rally racers do what they're doing it's grown ass men Mm -hmm. grown adult men and women that have the resources to to not get lost that go out and pay money to go out into a thing where they're getting intention, they're getting themselves lost on purpose so that they can solve the puzzle and find their way back mm-hmm. home or in this case to the finish line. There's um, 
you know, there's so much good stuff that's 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 in the future that's happening with with rallies and making these events and with uh, with our team and with what we our material that we have to work with with the things that you're doing, Victor, with your podcasts and the way that you're you know attracting you know different people and involving different sponsors and you have your hands in different things you know you've and you've made this big move from being a race director and being a helper into like doing your you're driving your own ship and creating your own thing and you're creating uh you know more motion and and emotion and storytelling and about like everything having to do with rally and it's really true we need to all lift each other up and and um tell the stories you know and the the storytelling that comes out of uh and one story that comes to mind Robert Mann has this thing called Kansas Rally Team, and he has this thing that he's involved with Scott Spears from Michael Stansfield, the Lake Mike Stansfield, and Louis Belastigi, Louis Belastigi in in uh, in Missouri. They brought Alex and Nick Bronner, and they brought out Jake, and they brought out Jordan Reed for mechanical stuff, and they brought out. One of the Bronner's girlfriends, I forget what her name was. Who helped us on the start line one day, by the way. Yeah, nice. yeah, I forget what her name is. But, you know, some rocket scientists, while they were down at Bay of L.A. on the Wendy, stage, some, someone came up with the idea, let's go fishing in the morning. And someone had this Jeremy, which was Tony Pal- Palandrani's guy, said, I got a connection with a Ponga. Let's get 100 bucks each. We'll go out fishing in the morning. And they brought back like 70 pounds of, of yellowtail <laughs> tail. for yeah. everybody. And that story by itself is like, yeah. oh, we're going back to Bay of L.A. for sure. And you know what? The people that were on that fishing boat, I guarantee you, every single one of them will come back to the Baja Rally next year. Yeah. That was one of the best Plus, stories. Plus, that will be a requirement out. from now on. Anytime anybody yeah, goes that's not riding that goes on a special stage has to go fishing while sure. we're out. Yeah. While we're out on course. Bring in tourism to, to the little towns again. The blue book. Yeah, and, and so that I mean, and that that's a great set. Had you heard about that? No, I hadn't heard about the the fishing story. What was her name? Anyone remember her name? Uh, I I I know. We're following each other Emily. on Instagram. Emily. Emily. Yes, Emily. Emily. Nice. Emily. And so, I mean, that, and that's a great, like, you know, future forward, right? All right. So 2022 in the books went off well, you know, the, you know, like any motorsport event, you know, three, three, three things that, that I want to bring up. Number one, I think that one of the big futures of rally is going to be women coming into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been, I, I'm running mostly the Instagram account and we've actually, um, I have contacted and some have contacted me from Canada Mm-hmm. that are very big names in the writing industry up there. And I'm actually very impressed by how quickly they want to jump into the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have been seeing Steffi, who came from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And Mexico City and Steffi Connection came from also 360C Limites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, having 360C Limites come to our race for the first time this year was pretty epic because... We're really excited about bringing the not only Mexican but the Central and South American side of, of the sport up here. They have races down there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard of Baja, and everybody dreams of Baja. So I think that's those are you know three really big things between women coming into the sport, mm-hmm. which 
have all beyond impressed of uh, impressed us with what they've done uh, with the ones that we've gotten to see just here at this rally. Yeah. Steffi did the same thing as Charlie and and uh, the other female guests that we had. Just rally school, showing up a little early as well before the race and and going to hit it with Scotty a little bit and really uh, prepping for the race and falling absolutely in love with rally. Somebody who's been racing her whole life yeah. and had never even really heard much about rally mm-hmm. and got completely you know bit by the bug now is outstanding and then central south america we're getting a lot of hits from down there and 360 limites and and edgar has a lot to do with that you know that that's his audience is central and south america Mm -hmm. and the guys from mexico that know him absolutely love him and uh he did a great job with us this year as well it's really nice to have him along yeah so i i you know i i I think you're right you know i mean i see it i see the 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 request the more information the hotter you get into it and uh that kind of stuff so i think that Rally is most definitely on a growth, yes. You know, on a growth cycle, especially here in North America mm-hmm. and everywhere else. But, ARO. It, but Oof. yeah, I mean, with ARO, with the eleven ARO riders um, headed over there, you know, it, it's it's all good things, right. right? I, you know, my it's still my impression. It was a little bit more difficult to tell at Sonora Rally, like exactly who everybody was a rookie because they don't really have a classification for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I go back to with Baja Rally. I'm still just really impressed with, you know, 14 guys, you know, 14 people that qualify for a rally rookie class yes. is absolutely huge. Most yeah. of them or a lot of them who've probably never ridden Baja and and got to experience that and, and experience the hotels and the hard work that you guys have put together right. to make it happen. And so, you know, in, in, in talking about that and thinking about that. So next year, what, you know... Mauricio, I mean, what do you, you know, any tricks up your sleeve? You know, are you guys, what, what's, are there any plans, like, things you guys yeah. want to do? There is, a, obviously, there's things to, to improve. Um, but uh, overall, like, the one thing that we focus the most is, is the safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for sure, we can offer way more. I mean, there is, like, a playground uh, down there. So we like to play. And uh, I think we, we're going to get maybe to be convinced a seven-year rally. Uh, there's ideas of opening different classes. I have an idea that I need to pitch into the team about how can we – well, I, I cannot tell you right now. But there's there's things that we will, we will improve for sure. But overall, we want to – we want the, the hardest thing to do and the one that I want to focus is, the, is into keeping, keeping the vibe as good as it was or better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we can nail that, every, all the rest, it, it, it will be it will, the cycle. Yeah, if they're like that, it's because we did a great job. So we need to improve those miles. And and I can tell you, um, and I and I can tell this because I'm going to share this experience from the the side of the table that I was at this past week at at the other event at Sonora Rally. And yeah, the announcement came out right. The FIM, you know, that that you know, it's huge news, right? Huge, huge, and. But the first thing that I heard from the racer side of it wasn't necessarily the, yeah, you know, man, it was because with the FIM, there's a price tag. There's other qualifying factors, uh-huh. things like that they, they, they has to end on top of the competition. But what Mauricio just said was very important to the to the participants was the vibe. I will say that, that that Darren was very proactive and like, hey, yeah, we're announcing this, but my first concern is that keep vibe. It, keep the soul. Keep the soul of it. Uh-huh. And and uh-huh. 
So, Ma, what you're saying, I mean, that that's absolutely huge, and, and that everybody's in agreement is like, you know what? No, no, no. It's it's the vibe of this event, and which, like, I gotta say, is I mean, hats off because this important. year, this year, seeing it from the outside and looking in, and and just how it felt at the bivouac. I, I was only there, you know, a couple of days, but just seeing right. that, there's, it's like that was very important, and it's the host, it's the vibe of the of Catavina. October 1st through the 7th. So we got to make sure we're talking about the future next year. 2023. 2023. It's October 1st through the 7th. It's the full first week of October. And six days, going to be the exact same uh, setup, starting at San Quentin, using uh, four nights at uh, Catavina, a marathon stage going back and forth to Bay of L.A., and trust me, you're going to get lost. If you think you're going to figure out how we're getting to and from, nope. we have the ticket and the time and the resources now to go in and fully develop new routes. And there's a couple of reasons, and they're not all just from the storm. There's a couple of reasons that we had to change our route, inbound route into Bay of LA and to shorten it. And that was that there's human beings already had their life pretty much affected you mm-hmm. know by the by the big hurricane but they were also affected with the Nora uh, uh, 1000 and the way that that Nora 1000 went through the San Borja and Nuevo Rosarito area which was bitching from mm-hmm. the navigating standpoint but there's some people that just in races and tours in general that and in regular week or a, week, a couple of weeks out of the year, they're going to get affected by groups coming through, yeah. negatively affected. Yes. Okay, it's noise, it's dust, it's just traffic that's unnecessary. But doing it right after the hurricane, where people have lost cows, they've lost animals, yeah. lost—I mean, they're dead—and yeah. they've also lost a lot of like their uh, their uh, driveway and their fence is all gone, and it was just. We didn't the have the time. heart to, to basically, we could get away with it, but there was like a, well, I was alone down there, you know, checking the damage and making sure it was safe. And where I just say, you know, screw it. We're going to skip this until next year. Yeah. And it, we were able to make it so it still worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, hats off and thanks to, you know, every single person that ever put their hands on this particular event. Uh, the future is bright because of Mauricio and Danny and Matt and the whole safety team, you know, and things yeah. like our partners with Mike uh, Johnson. Motomedics. You know, Motomedics, yeah. sat phone store, you know, satellite phone store, symbiosis, uh, you know, health. You know, the guys that uh, basically man the safety side of our of our deal. It's, it's exciting. And, I mean, this week with Sonora having a good event and also the big news of, of FIM getting involved, you know, it's a good time. And, you know, cheers. Yeah. And hanging up Patrick's picture up in Catavina was an absolute yeah. special moment. We actually, Scotty called everybody out to to the middle of the field, to the bivouac, and we saw the International Space Station go over um, our heads that night, and that was a special moment that we all lived together with Patrick. So we have this guy, Patrick uh, Tardo, who was with me for seven years, he was part, you know, heart and soul of the rally. You know, really, uh, you know, older guy, 65, looked 50, uh, and had been through all the highs and lows of Baja Rally since the very first day. And he passed away. 
in 2000, you know, earlier this year in 2022, but got sick in 2020 and, uh, you know, fought it out for a year and a half. And, uh, and we were able to, you know, hang him up in the, I don't think you were there for it. No, but it I wasn't, was like, but I saw the, the Santa Maria yeah, Hotel. Yeah, we were able to do a little ceremony, and uh, and then also his family, his his surviving spouse, Lisa, and his kids put together several thousand dollars and, and uh, donated it to all of the moto medics to decide and vote for the most Patrick-like moto medic, or Patrick-like, the person that was most like Patrick, that was selfless, that was a team player, that would could eat the dirt, you know, that could, um, you know, do it. And so that was another big highlight, you know, from the event that only happens once. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's um, it's nice for us to be able to recognize Patrick, uh, you know, on the show with you. Yeah. Because you knew him. Yeah, I did. And and he was the guy that, he was a, a he was a, a calming force. He was the living embodiment of no bad days. Yeah, when one was really needed. When one was really needed. Best hug in the world. Yeah. And so it was really, yeah, to to hear, you know, what everything that he struggled with was like, there's a long, very long list of people that you would wish that upon Mm. before before his name would come up on that list. And it's unfortunate, you know, that he's no longer with us physically. Because oh, I know his ass us. is down there. Yep. He's not, there is us. no way he's not down there looking it's over everybody. Personal, yeah. It's a very personal thing. Yeah. And so, very with us. you know, and, and, and he, I mean, it's, it's just, you will not be able to have Baja Rally without, you know, the, the remembrance, or, you know, remembering, you know, Patrick and everything that he contributed and right. did for the rally. I mean, he was absolutely huge. And yeah. so, you know, he's, he's still there, just not physically. Yeah. And. I, you know, and and I think that's really cool, you know, and I think that maybe, you know, future forward, you know, going forward and, and, and having that, you know, doing some kind of a recognition or, or something like that from him, you know, that to the, the motomedic teams, because it is, it is a very important thing as a very important role. Absolutely. And I've seen they're kicking ass right now too. They've done yeah. such a great job, the motomedics. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's, um, you know. I can I, I haven't done and I'll I'll leave some of the, 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 the details for it, but party to a situation where a rider goes down and the next rider coming up is a trained medic. I don't know that a lot of people understand the importance of that. And this was in competition and this was by chance. Because it could have been any other rider right. behind them. Right. The fact that it was uh, another uh, uh, happened to be a trained medic, right? Changes the outcome, right? Very quickly, and 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 maybe nothing would have gone wrong. The problem is, is when it doesn't, when it does go wrong, it does go wrong, yeah. And that's and and that's the gap. That's the, right. that's what the moto medics fill. Oh, the and, writers ride with so much more confidence, and they say it. Yeah. Like, wow, they see these halos flying around out there. Yeah. You know, that makes them feel a lot more comfortable because they have some halos who can actually keep up with them. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you know, they're there to collect them when they, you know, That's hit right. the deck. Cause, That's right. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, one way or another, you're going to, whether it's a dumb fall at two miles an hour or whether you were sending right. it right. and, you know, went big, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. nice to have that confidence. And, 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 and I will say, you know, I can't, you, you can't give the close course disclaimer on this because, you know, you're showing me, but, Either way, when you're riding remote, they're there for the stuff that you couldn't 
you know, handled. Nobody's out there twisting the throttle for you. You shouldn't be riding in over your head. Skyler, right. Skyler said it at the, at the riders meeting at this past event. And, and, and I've talked about it before. It's like, Hey, if you thought you were going to step it up and ride that much faster, well, you should have been riding that fast anyway. You'd be winning right. the event by now. Right. You know? And so I think that that's very important. You know, yeah, you guys choose these very remote locations, go into these masterpiece of trails and, and, and connect right. all these dots you have to remember that you're a rider in the middle of nowhere and it's the wild west and you're already lost. So we've got to talk about Paul Neff and the number four, uh, Paul Neff and the airbag going off. And so stage five, you know, second to last stage early in the stage, about kilometer 30. And for the night before and the morning of, I started them and I went through one by one. This is where we started the rookies in the first position, they went in the first wave, and then we started the, the pros and rally one in the second wave. And we told them all, the, and the dust had cleared. We gave like 30 minutes from the last rookie to leave, and then the then the next, then the first pros come in. Mm-hmm. Paul Neff crashed, you know, he thinks 80, 90 miles an hour, air towards the high side of that. He's a 35-year-old, you know, ISDE guy. You know, he's not a triathlon, like a, a elite you know, uh, uh, athlete in that sense, you know, mm-hmm. but he's a badass pro. And he crashed his balls off at, at speed and had that airbag launch. We got photos of him that haven't been released yet where his climb jersey looks like it went through a cheese grater. I mean, it's so yes, scrapped up. And this guy tumbled and rolled. And when they found him, Dave Pearson found him. David, thanks for finding him, and he was there. But then, okay, we got you. You're going to be okay. Okay, let's go look for the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't. The bike's like yeah. way off in the distance, and it's like yeah. they, they didn't. Okay, is it over there? Where's the bike? And you know, this airbag went off, and you brought it to my attention. And Alpine Stars is the manufacturer, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we reach out to our media contact at Alpine Stars. You know, this is a week after the event, and you know they hadn't even heard of it. They didn't know that this happened. Right. And they, but he just saw the posts and the exchanges that you were doing, Danny, right. on Instagram, I guess, uh, where they saw the video of Paul saying, you know, before I crashed with this, I wasn't really a believer. Now I really am a big believer in the in the airbag. And so we've learned that the the one that you can buy. So mm-hmm. there's one that you can buy. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a vest that you can buy, like the Air Tech Air Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not mm-hmm. the same algorithm. It does not. It's not designed for high-speed rally racing. Mm-hmm. The ones that they're using in MotoGP mm-hmm. that are required. The ones that they're using in the Dakar. The only way this is from Alpine Stars. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. only way you can purchase that one in Italy mm-hmm. is if you are registered and logged for the for the Dakar Rally. Yeah. You can have a million dollars right now and try to go to Italy and buy that 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 Dakar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alpine Stars airbag that has the algorithm that is going to it, before you hit the ground the first time it's going to deploy and I guess the shock of once you leave the bike or fly in the air or you know something happens with the algorithm the, the difference between the models mm-hmm. is entirely the algorithm yeah. this is the, me, the US media guy Heath Coffrin at Alpine Stars explaining this to me really carefully on the phone. Hey, it would be nice if you could buy one of those. Yeah, you can't. You, the only way, they're not uh, commercially available mm-hmm. uh, to racers yet, you know, yeah. in a year or two. But the ones mm-hmm. that you can buy, mm-hmm. 
are not the ones you should be wearing in this race. They're more for casual dirt biking and casual off-road motorcycle riding. And they are going to, um, uh, the when they deploy or when they explode or uh, the airbag deploys, mm -hmm. is not going to be at the right time. I think the ones in MotoGP, uh, they're going off while the guy's in midair before they land. Like if they're high siding and they change their like thing, mm -hmm. like that G-force thing, it's going to pop it as they're like yeah. as they're high siding, flying into the air, and so it's already inflated before they hit the ground the first time. Yeah. And I don't think the off-road ones are. I think it's going to be going to hit the ground first and then it's going to pop. Good which point. I'll take anything, but I mean yes. at that point, yeah. I mean it's it's better. You know, it's it's just extra safety equipment, and right. I think. And it make um, well. I mean, you know, they're doing something because I know from when Skyler crashed at the last Dakar that sent him home. Uh, on that crash, they had the telemetry from it. They knew how hard he hit. Wow! And they knew how. And so that those things have to be smart. And I and and what you're saying is uh, is not surprising. You know, it has to be tuned differently because right these right. guys. I mean, especially those guys up top. I mean, they're riding on the edge. They don't. You know, the things that I've learned recently about how they test rally bikes and how they, you know, what they're after is like, no, no, this is this is too rough. We need to go faster. Right. Right. They're not looking for testing. So they the suspension that you see the you know, that's the secret sauce right now. Speed. It's tuned for speed. It's not right. tuned for whoops. Right. And, and when we say speed is that this bike can be at its max and feel like. Nothing's going on. And absorb right. a square edge or a right angle curb of 18 inches or like 12 inches. Yeah. Without flinching. And so, right. or the count of the, that was the big one. I remember we were talking to Skylar this weekend about, um, or this past week about the dunes, right? You know, how do the dunes compare? I asked him, I'm right. how do these dunes compare to Dakar? And he goes, well, size wise, but the problem is, is you don't get a break in Sonora. There's camel grass in me too. So you're either dodging camel yes. grass or you're yeah. climbing a big ass hill. Right. And so it's it the that's the varying terrain. I think I honestly think that I feel like there's probably higher speed, cleaner sections mm -hmm. in Baja for these factory bikes to go testing mm -hmm. than there is maybe in, in Sonora. I don't know the terrain too well in Sonora, uh, but I'm I know Sonora, there's fast. I know Sonora very well. That's that's where I'm from. And um, yeah, there's much more speed to do out here. Yeah, um, on the it, bop. It's, it's beautiful over there. Sonora's obviously oh, incredible. Yeah. But um, but yeah, there's a big difference. The, the speed and how wide open Baja is, is, is what makes Baja so original other than it's just how it stuns you look wise this time in this particular rally i got a chance to look from a high perspective at a couple of you know i wanted to be at a highway crossing at a stop beep 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 and, and to really be there for the first couple of guys and i did this on a few different days mm -hmm. to just make sure it was really smooth so that there's no issue with where they're stopping and if can they see and is it dangerous and while i was there i could see the difference of, of a fast guy Mm -hmm. And then the regular guys. And there is a huge difference. You can hear the fast guys. You can see them from a high point that they're just on a different level. Like yeah. the fast guys would make Tony uh, Palandrani, you know, Dave Pearson, Paul Neff, you know, um, yeah, the brothers. Mike Johnson, the brothers, uh, just to name a couple that were, it's just a night and day between what they're doing. They're raping the throttle. I mean, they're really squeezing it, mm -hmm. the juice. 
And then the other guys that are more like us, you know, more like they have to, their disability insurance might not pay out for a competitive <laughs> event. And, they're, and what they're doing is they're just really just having fun and they're just okay. wanting to get through the thing. They're, there's a big difference. And it's like, that's where things are going to, you know, where things change in the growth format is are we going to get more growth from the super fast guys? And then, then Mao gets his ears perk up because then that's a safety way more of like got to put way more attention on the safety aspect and ramping that up. Uh, then if it's more like uh, rally tourism, mm-hmm. you know, there's places in Europe like the Hellas rally where, and like Baja rally, Sonora rally where, you know, half the field at least is rally tourism. And yeah. that's, which is, the bread and butter. I mean, yeah. if it's half the field, that's what, an important part. Did you want to mention day five? You remember you flipped the start. Yeah, we did mention that a little bit. It was just a test mm-hmm. to see what that would do to the overalls. And so we took the, the rookies, all 14 of them, including Brett Fox, which you should probably mention for a minute, the Triumph Tiger yeah. guy, who I would bet against the Tiger 10 out of 10 times of finishing. And I'm going to win that bet like eight, six or seven times. So I'll be ahead of the game. But the rider is what made the difference. So it's Mm -hmm. a rider, prep the bike good. Brett Fox, this guy, number 44, I think was his number. And he blew minds. I mean, he blew minds. But the important part of what you were talking about, starting the rookies first on day five, it's an experiment. And what it wanted to see was, could the slowest rookie stay ahead of the fastest pro? The answer is no, but the woman uh, adventure influencer person that came, very gnarly person, mm-hmm. gnarly, that person stayed in front of Mike Johnson. So she was like one of the, one of the like slower among the rookies mm-hmm. that took off in the first pack that stayed ahead of the winner Mike Johnson, who won the stage, I believe, no, second, but, you know, she didn't stay ahead of uh, the Bronner kid, but uh, that's that's why we did that little experiment, and it didn't cause a problem, and we might not do that again. There might not be a reason to do that again, but if uh, it would be more like uh, for the navigation part. Yeah. Well, yeah, it gives them, I mean, and and those that have been listening to the show for a long time, they know is that, that... um, leading out is the hardest thing you can do. The further back you are in the pack, the easier of a time you can have. Mm. Now, while it's easier because you don't maybe have to navigate as much, but it's also easy to get lost in your own road book because you weren't keeping up with the notes. Right. And so there's, you know, yeah, there, there's some difference. And I, and, and I agree. I think that that actually every once in a while needs to happen, right? You know, mix it up and, and only, only it's, it's, uh, they loved it. Yeah. It's like kicking them out of the nest. You know, right, right. There throwing them out, throw them out, throwing them out, <laughs> oh, throwing five. them overboard. You know, and and just get out and 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 just do it and show that you can do it. And right. and I mean, and that's a testament to that. The fact that guys, seasoned navigators, seasoned competitors, if you're able to see that, that would be the thing. I mean, I remember driving race cars, and I always I picked my guy in the field. I'm gonna go as fast as I can. I'm gonna drive my race. But my goal is is to not let this person catch. I know they're going to catch me. There mm-hmm. is no mm-hmm. no effing question about it. They're going to catch me. But as I'm going to try and get possible. here. Right. I'm going to try and go as far as I can before they catch me. And right. I think that that you know it issues that challenge. Right. You know. And right. so I think that 
with the rookies, with everybody that's coming up, and well, now some graduates that you guys have into Rally One because now they've won and they've done their. They, none of them are rookies. They're, they're not, they're a lot of, not a rookies anymore. So, so, so that was that was my challenge to myself. The the challenge to myself is always what right. I remember racing was you know it's like okay this is the guy this is the guy I got to see how long I can stay ahead of. So I'm going to issue a challenge. I'm, I got a challenge right here. You're the new rookie. You're yeah. racing next year. Oh man, that's gonna be that'll yeah. be interesting. But so, so public announcement. <laughs> Quit backpedaling, asshat. You know, yeah. yeah Get with yeah, the yeah. program. Changing the subject. No. So that means that you need to do the school, the yeah. first school. So this goes in line with my challenge. So here's my challenge to the Baja Rally organization. October first through seventh, six days again, mm-hmm. six day challenge. Mm-hmm. My challenge to the Baja Rally organization is. Give us the recipe. Provide us school. Provide us a date with the schools or with a school that's going to happen. And give give myself and the listeners, give us the recipe to get to a rally, to get to the Baja rally. Right? It's going to take a school. It's going to probably yeah. take some, you know, uh, 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 resources of fly and ride. Mm-hmm. It's going to, how to prepare, you know, Mauricio, you know, logistically what do you need what does that look like what does it taste like smell like feel right. like give us the recipe and i believe Steffi's actually working on putting that recipe together do you okay. want that now or do you want that in the future Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, <wow>. nice <laughs> that's wow. but that no but that's good no i i you know it should be on our website it should it should be it, it should be on the website let's let's make you know Number one, ask the wife or the husband. Yeah, first of all, yeah. Get your sponsorship with Visa or MasterCard. <laughs> yeah. The Visa and MasterCard sponsorships are actually pretty cool. The only thing that sucks is the interest rate associated with that sponsorship. Yes. That's the problem. Yes, exactly. But Yeah, it's still a game. It changes your life. I mean, it changes us every year we do it. For sure, it changes the life of every writer. I mean, it's it's it has it's it's priceless. <laughs> yeah. I, I I believe that. I mean, and I, I I'll never forget the 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 pilot from Israel with his son. Yeah, in oh, the UTV, yeah. oh, stopping yeah. and taking pictures oh, and doing fun. all that stuff. Yep, that it swimming not, with the UTV. Yeah, I mean that it does not get any any better than that. That's that's what this sport is about. And <laughs> so the goal is is that you know there's no more excuses. Somebody's going to hold you by the hand. I mean, virtually hold right. you by the hand. Right. Here it yeah. is. I think, I think Charlie and his friend, um, the woman, it, when they tell their story, their, their own recipe comes out in it. And, but you're right on spot. So that we accept the challenge and, uh, it's a good clue for us to, um, you know, uh, as we prime the, the website for what we expect to be a, a demand for the school. Mm-hmm. You know, school for sure. We're doing a school in the third week of May, um, but for people that are wanted extra training for Sonora or rookies going into the next Sonora, we'll do at least uh, two, at least one training in February. Mm-hmm. Wait for the deck card to be over, and we're going to do a three-day training in February. We'll announce that shortly, and then likely in March, you know, a second training in March or early April. Uh, so we plan to do three before the end of May, all the same format at San Quentin, using the same stages and the same proven method mm-hmm. where we give the roadbooks out to the rookies before they come. We let them do three stages where they have a chaperone follow them. 
Then we do the questions and answers Mm -hmm. like you talked about. Yeah, I I think that that, you know, for sure, seeing that and then seeing the ARO guys there and and helping. I think that that recipe, that that format and how you guys organized it was worked worked perfect because you got rid of you got rid of the hardest part, the the part that and this isn't to say, right, it's it's like when you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to ask. Right. Yeah, it drives you nuts. Yeah. Go be sitting in the classroom. I just want to go do it. I've already read all the stuff. Let's talk about the ARO guys. Mm-hmm. So you've got Kyle McCoy, Jim uh, Pearson, Dave Pearson, uh, Mo Hart, and Paul Neff. you got five dudes. And then plus you got Ace uh, Nielsen also going over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one other. I'm, it's slipping my mind right Jacob. now. Jacob. Jacob Bright. Jacob Argybright. Jacob Argybright. And uh, so... Those five guys that are doing the Malimoto thing, mm-hmm. you know, I asked the the Alpine Stars, you know, like North American media guy. He had no idea what they were. He didn't know Paul Neff was, and he didn't. Have you heard about the ARO guys? No, what is that? What is ARO? Is mm-hmm. Like the new plumbing thing or something? He yeah. had no clue. Yeah, it's the Malimoto. They're all entered in the Dakar. Oh, yeah, I didn't know about that. I didn't even know any Americans. They, they're... It's hard uh, for it's been it's hard for those guys to have a lot of pre Dakar rally you know originals by Motul you know uh, uh, Malimoto like hype mm-hmm. we all know about it the insiders of rally we yeah. all know about the ARO but let me tell you if one of them finishes or all five of them finish okay like you, you're gonna go bet at Vegas there's not a betting line for it but you put a hundred bucks at all five finish. You're going to win like 40 or 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Okay, the odds of all of them finishing Malimoto, yeah. super low. Yeah. But if you happen to have that scenario happen where four of them finish or five, all five of them finish the thing, and if you think about it, because they can help each other and there's also wiggle room at ASO, like they've let a few people go get a shock from the KTM guy and bring it over. Mm-hmm. It's not super duper like lockdown like Berlin, mm-hmm. you know, in that yeah. little bivouac area. So I understand there's some gray area there. Uh, but if they do succeed, if they're really successful over there, then you're going to hear all about it. Yeah. Then you're going to hear, it'll start to like permeate. It'll seep through Yeah. and it'll get out. And I think more people that are in the regular off-road industry will and talk about it and yeah. god they are a great team they are they just know how to work well together period yeah. those guys yeah. just have a great the respect that they have for each other and just the way they they're just they're just a kind of a fine-tuned machine it's really nice to see them roll and I that's mean, the way it, really it hatched that's kind of that how the whole thing kind of hatched mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. whole idea as you know so um you know what's the latest on those guys well, they, they just wrapped up. You know, you had, uh, it was Mo, Dave Pearson, Jim Pearson made a guest appearance uh, there, but was uh, was sweeping. Um, and then... Uh, Paul's out of the woods Paul. with his, Paul Neff's out of the woods with his got neck. Very lucky with that, yeah. And so it, I mean, I think they're, they're ready. I saw a press release today that it's like, it's starting to get into that, you know, okay, we're... We're really winding down the months and quick, and it seems, you know, Dave, uh, David Pearson saw him down there, spent a little more time with him and, and, and talking and just seeing how it was going. Saw him Mohart as well. 
Um, but you know, Dave Pearson looking in shape. He's he, he looks like he's ready to go already. You know, he's next. Game day. Um, yeah, exactly. He's, he's game face, game day. Every, ready to go. Yeah, everybody's yeah. there. Kyle, you know, same thing. Kyle McCoy was down there at the event, and you know, and just seeing him, like everybody is is focused but relaxed. Right. You know, I at least outside looking in. Y- you wouldn't know that these guys are are literally months away from participating in one of the biggest challenges of their life. I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> it does not. It, you don't really see that. Like right. you don't see that worried look. They're focused on the event. You know, they're they, you know their motto, right? Relentless forward momentum. They're already right. on the next thing. I'm just here, you know, going through the motions. Right. I'm just focused, and right. so it's really cool to see that. And I and like I told them, I'm going, hey, I understand. There's a 50 percent attrition rate. Let the other 50 percent of the field take that. You know, I want to see all of you guys, you know, to the and I think that that they've given themselves the best chance. They work well together, you know, as a team. And and I would I would expect and that I would hope because you can help each other as Malamoto team. You you can help each other. So I think that it's you know what, if one of them is struggling, it's up to them to help pick up, you know, right. as somebody, you know what, I got your air filters today. Or I got your, you know, it's all these little things that I think that there's this dynamic that they can focus and play off of each other. Yes. To help ensure that hey you know what everybody's going to be at the on that podium the secret is not crashing and the secret is the physical health yeah so basically the mechanical part they can all solve it collectively mm-hmm. you know they should be able to solve a mechanical collectively for each other mm-hmm. uh, but if someone mess up their arm there's nothing you can do you can't yeah. kiss the guy sana sana colita de arana mm-hmm. yeah sana and off you go you know it's going to be good yeah they, the arnica on there or whatever you know it's, it's not going to you know, and, and that's the and, and that's the thing, you know, as you think about like all of the riders, you know, well, Kyle's been there before, so he's done that, you know, you know, that's not a thing. Dave Pearson, you know, a hell of a rider. I mean, he's done this. So, so um, you know, Mohart, Mohart, oh. I, I, you know, my thing with Mohart is, is that, you know, he's he's very good rider and and but knows where his limits are. And I think that mm-hmm. that's very, very important as a rider and especially on a, on a their maturity level in an event like this you know jim pearson same thing you know the the both pearson brothers you know they can both be be quick and and then sometimes you got a little bit of that you know the red cape to the bull and then and, and they can you know but i think they understand the mission at hand you know and and i think that the focus is there i'm seeing it uh, uh the preparation the seriousness i'm seeing it so I think they've set themselves up, you know, I think that it, everybody has their, you know, their, their mechanical, you know, so where one has a weakness, the other has a strength for that. Right. And yeah. I think that's the best, you know, that feeds so well to what they're about to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was funny. It was something I caught him. I was doing a bivouac walk at this last event in, in Sonora and, and I was, you know, I stopped and talking, I was recording and I'll, I'll, I'll put the video up later, but you know, something, it, it hit it right on the head. It's, you know, Paul Neff, he's a riding coach. So what better, you know, going into an event like this, you've got somebody that's on the team that can help you right. improve your skill, help you conserve energy. Right. Because I have not heard anybody ever say that the Dakar was uh, was a sprint race. Even the top guys, yeah. even the guys that hang those bikes way out there, they've never said that it was a sprint race. It may look like it on TV to us watching from afar. Because that's what they're shooting. That's what they're shooting, <laughs> you know. Right. So... I, you know, I have, I have high hopes, you know, knock on, right. knock on wood that, that they pull, they keep it together. They pull their, you know, everybody pulls together when they need it the most, when one of them is struggling and, 
And, and I, I really want to see that. And I agree with you, Scotty, that if that, if it goes down and you get all five riders across the line, rally raid, they're going to come back to a different world of rally raid in North America is what I think is going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my, that's my, you know, I hope that's the prediction. Hopefully I'm spot on. And, you know, I think everybody, there's a lot of people on this side of the pond that are going to be rooting from the home team. So. Absolutely. And we got to spread the word. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally Get those learning. rookies in there. Yep. So, Mao, what do we, what yep. do we got? Are you, are you still awake? I am. I am. I'm just thinking <laughs> on, on that. I, I was thinking on what will be the challenge for next year. And on a way is we need to have a trip. We can triple the number. We can double the number, but we need to maintain the the happy the happy and the safety and the event that's uh i mean it's gonna be a great event i'm mean, looking forward i want to go start doing the, the courses so it's been only two weeks but i'm ready to start good it's good we're never ready to stop good yeah <laughs> yeah that's true very good and thanks to the writers for making it such an incredible event there wasn't a day that everybody wasn't all smiles and happy and and even on the bad days uh, or, or not the bad, there weren't bad days for anybody particular who might have had a bad hour or a bad few hours. They were on top of, of, of just staying positive and, and happy and focused on what we were doing down there. Yeah. Uh, that was great as far as part of being part of the staff. It's just really nice to get that energy from them. It's you super know? uncommon to have, if you had 28 starters, and it's kind of been like one of our averages, but to have them all finish... Mm-hmm. Except for Chris uh, Tavener. Chris Tavener. Uh, they shout for Chris. He started, you know, got to fin- basically finish the, the last day. Yeah. And this guy, Brett Fox, you know, Revit, uh, team rider on Revit, and also, you know, riding the Triumph 900 Tiger. <laughs> you know, the Tiger Triumph, you know, it's sorry, Triumph, but it's not really a race, off road race bike. I mean, let's just get real. It's not. But he's made it into one, mm-hmm. and I guess the now he does. It was a totally different ball game, but yeah, his thing. Very impressive guy. This guy's ripped. He's just like made of meat, and his his uh, training at in Colorado at nine thousand feet, living and training eight nine thousand feet, and you come down to sea level, you're just like a, a monster. But this yeah. guy, his humility and his. I mean, he knows he's badass. He's like uh, kind of like Kyle McCoy, Mr. Ultra Marathon Triathlon guy. Yeah. You know, Brett Fox was, um, you know, he turned a lot of heads. And he's the kind of guy that, like, could get sponsored on, you know, like a, a, a B-level, you know, ride. I mean, like, his um, he, he was really impressive. And yeah. the thing is, is that it takes someone special to bring a bike like that. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't really want to dog on the brand or anything, but it's not an off-road racing bike. I mean, they no. made it like that for the Nora. You know, Mark Vanscourt did a, a project with a couple of Tigers, mm-hmm. you know, all modified. And But this guy, uh, you know, he, I think if, of all the stories, he's probably like one of the big standouts. Yeah. No, and I and 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 I agree. I mean, and I was you know working at working at BMW. I always remember with the Tigers. We always called it, it, was, it was the joint custody bike. You know, it was between you and the dealership. You know, and that was just the deal. It was always in the in the shop for something. And so oh, I thought it was between you and the wife. Oh yeah, well no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so 
but no, I mean, and that was, that was the, you know, that was the thing. And, and so, yeah, they weren't necessarily known to be the most reliable bike, you know, and that was just riding them on the street. But, you know, he's, you know, Brett's taking it out in the middle of nowhere middle twice, of nowhere. dropped it off three times and then, you know, and then <laughs> rode it back home again. Spent and six hours total changing tires. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I, I agree. And that was, that was, he doesn't know this. And if he listens to the show, he'll find out now, but there's talks in the bivouac. Like people want to know, like, what's the secret like there's like there he there's more than what he leads on to because not just anybody signs up to go ride an adventure bike well not just anybody signs up to ride a triumph 900 in a rally rate event right where you should be riding smiling yeah and they keep (laughs) and they keep smiling you're you're right marty so they keep smiling like i don't think i've ever seen him frustrated and i don't think i secretly hate him for that (laughs) it's like there's yeah yeah it's kind of like it was so rad but you know but it it, it's really cool you know and i had you know spent time with him at the rally as well and it's like you know that that positivity that you know triumph better figure something out and they better discover him quick because right. he is your guy. If if yeah. Ducati figures him out, right, he might be on Ducati. Yes. If you know, I I don't know the KTM quick. does that, but maybe Yamaha. I mean, Yamaha's pole, but you know, Ducati seems to be putting a lot of effort into this new bike, and mm. he could be another one of the 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 poster children for it yeah. because of his yeah. attitude and 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 then. Again, it take. I mean, I, I was looking at the thing when he rolls into the line and going, that thing is low. That thing is way too low to be out here. Way too low. I mean, we should we should get a like a you know the Mexican bike, the Ventos, mm-hmm. or the Italica, the Italica, Italica. We should make a class or some of the challenge. So uh, to want to finish with Italica or, or something, to get with a price or something. Yeah, it's just, like the, just for the, the bike, the well, Voto class. No, no, they used to, well they do it in road racing. It's the Tour de Lemons. Oh God! Yeah, yeah okay. so it's like I think yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like you get two grand as your budget to buy right. a car and build it to race it for twenty four hours. <laughs> it's like, you know. So yeah, I don't know. You could definitely do a class like that, or, or uh, uh, yeah, two, they'll uh, turn the most affordable rally bike if it finish and then yeah. sales will, will go up. Yeah. So I mean, there you know, and that's the thing is like you know, literally you're well. All uh, you know, again, my challenge to you guys, right? Give us give us the recipe, and and from the beginning, you know, if that's what do you need on the the on the bike? Here, here's the bare minimum. And I mean, we already know. I mean, it's you you call Matthew or you call the team at, at RMS Rally Motor Shop, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, that equipment is done and ready to go. So then right. from there, it, it doesn't it doesn't take that much you know that much more. Okay, there's your equipment. Here's the school. Here's the like. Right. Give us the recipe. You know, that's that's what I think a lot of people want to see. You know, that I get a lot of really? questions about that. Yeah. What gear do I need? What what kind of stuff? Right. And that's something very interesting. And and I that you mentioned it changes my mind because I was pretty close to the airbag All-Star. and getting in and and getting into the airbag. But that is a very true thing. When I had when I was talking to Jimmy Lewis on on the episode that I had him on, he talked about neck braces. We talked about neck braces briefly in that. And yeah, it's something that. If it hinders the way you ride, it will cause accidents rather than help prevent them them. or protect you from them. Now, for those playing the home game, that does not mean, you know, a helmet, uh, (laughs) a a jersey, some pants, 
and some boots and you're good to go. No, there's protective mm. gear involved, but mm. there's you have to pick and choose what you're using. You know, don't just because they say, hey, no, neck braces is the way to do it. Read the disclaimer on the neck braces. They say up to 35 miles an hour. After that, you're on your own. Right. Well, you're not going to be going 35. No, you usually <laughs> buy it for faster speeds than that. Right. But people don't know that. And it's not, you know, like it's literally that's on their website. And if you read about it, but right. So that's interesting, you know, that knowing those things about the airbags and the safety equipment and stuff like that, you know, you think like, oh, yeah, well, I'll just go. I'll just go get one. You know, it should be the same. It should work the same. No, but it's not. So those are important things to know. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm a Choya spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Choyas are their own thing. I don't care what it is. <laughs> Choya spray. That's cool. Yeah. You know, to uh, to kind of wrap it up. I yeah. mean, Mao did a terrific Mauricio Parra did a terrific job leading the whole show and really carrying the whole, the entire event, basically his office and his his staff did everything. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we did the routes, we all worked on them together, but the meat and bones for the reason that the rally was successful, apart from, you know, Mike Johnson at Rally Comp and our other sponsors, is Mauricio Parra in his office. And so we kind of give him the, you know, let him wrap it up and maybe tell his fortune telling or his like, you know, tell us what happens in the future. Yeah. We need yeah. Well, it's uh, very much what's the team effort, obviously. Uh, but it feels so good that we can have very responsive people and, and people really serious about it. There was a, it was hard to start over after two years, but uh, overall, everything, everyone did what they had to do with the, with the smile. So uh, for next year, it's just that. It's just we hope we can have more new riders. We already graduated all the rookies, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get it. Uh, we'll have more Latino market, like South America and Mexico ones. Oh, obviously, we hope to have Canadians back. And to start, uh, start, start, yeah, <laughs> Lars Hawking, he's supposed to come, uh, but he will ne- next year. So it's just um, very happy with, with, the, with the result. I'm sure there's a lot of new things that we need to do and improve. The pressure is higher. Uh, people obviously is expecting the same or more, but for sure there's more meat to start uh, with with to start the great event again. So it already started with this interview, Victor. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Victor, thank you. Yeah, of course. Chase, we, we talked. Yeah, there we go. Little, little by little. Yes, Little sir. by little. <laughs> Move in, Victor. Move in. Yeah. So, good. Well, I'm, you know, I'm glad, it, you know, again, it was a successful event. The vibe, the everything, you know, outside looking in was really, really good. Everybody was tuned in for it and, and up for it. So I think that, um, you know, more. And again, and 14 rookies. 14 rookies said, this is my event. This yes. is where I'm headed. That was yeah. impressive. So that is yeah. that is very impressive. And and hopefully that number continues. Now, yeah, that's a good goal to have. That's a good challenge just to have at least 14 more new rookies. Yeah. I think the, that that's, that's where it's at because, the, you know, from there they love the event. They move on to Rally 1. They do what they need to do. They keep moving. And I think that that's... They spread the virus. Yeah, exactly. Because you're all, yeah, you're all ambassadors now. Go Absolutely. off, go. go forth into the world, go, <laughs> promote. Yeah, go. Into, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Thank so. you, thank you to all the writers who was who were at the event, uh, the ones listening right now, uh, from the heart. 
I really appreciate you coming, and uh, we'll we'll hope to you come next year. Really, really thank you for your support, for your smiles, and for your feedback. So, see you next year. Salute yeah. to that. Absolutely. And and Mao, I heard you. I heard you kind of mention it earlier, and then I'll reiterate it. But um, but you did say uh, you did mention Chris uh, Tabner. And, um, and, yeah. and I had mentioned it before, but yeah, he, you know, stepping up and I mean, the cards he was dealt, you know, didn't skip a beat, turned right around and said, you know what, Hey, I can, I I'm here, I can help and, and jump right in. And that, that was, that was really awesome. So yeah, his, his participation with us was critical. And yeah. then I knew him a lot and then we start talking and then I think we'll, we'll start doing some great stuff for next year. It's a, it's a community of crazy people, obviously shouldn't be all normal if they were normal they would not be doing the rally so i think we're all alike and we just like to play yeah gotta have a certain something well cool parting words anyone yo quiero jugar is it october yet yes i remember a trick or treat the pre-race right and i told you we still gotta wait another week can we just call everybody and start tomorrow let's yeah. go <laughs> I mean, yeah. kind of where i'm at right now i'm really excited about next year i'm excited to see everybody that was there for 2022 and 2023 and a whole new field of rookies that we'll be working on to get into 2023 as well and yeah. thank you to our whole Baja Rally team, man, for really helping this thing come together. Really yeah. appreciate every single one of you. Just sitting yep. here in my head, I already know where we're going with the stages and what we're doing. Good. You know, differently, um, you know, similar start spots, and uh, but it'll be awesome. Yeah. And there's a reason to make it awesome was we know more people are coming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, I think that's – it's going to be critical is, is keep the, keep the rookie flow going. And, and, and I mean, and, and just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you got all, all you guys, I mean, like I said, it's from the outside looking in. I mean, it's just the vibe, everything was there. The stage is on point as usual, you know, everything, the, the staff, the group, the hotels, the food, everything, just the massage. Uh, I didn't go for the massage, but yeah, massages and all that stuff. Two massages for every day. I ha- and I have to say that the, there there was a touch that I saw and I was like, that's badass. I mean, the whole event's badass, but the, it was just like that. Something Mauricio did. What was it? Probably whoever was responsible for the movie poster. Mauricio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, that, that was like, okay, I yes. get all of the, like, I don't. All I, the feels, right? All of it. All the feels. I don't. I don't. We need but one up here. Victor should one, have need... one on your studio. Yes, yeah, we need one. Coming. We need one up here. We'll give you one. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very uh, unique uh, gift. Uh, one of our friends, a great designer, Alejandro Larcón. Alejandro. Uh, he did. Nice he did. Nice. Nice. And uh, it was on a trip uh, with uh, Danny, Scotty, Marco Polo, mm-hmm. and other friends. And we were explaining him about the rally and everything. So we just talked three days, five, four days camping. And by the end of the day or the year or whatever, he just said, I have an idea and I'm going to give you a poster. So we didn't need to tell them anything. So it was not directed by us or do this or do that. It was just his brain just, just splashed yeah. on this art, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I, it, you know, you publish it, you see it. I, I was just like, dude, that's just so badass. So cool. Like, but you know what? And I and I was going to say, I'm like, you, I know, I, 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 I know there's a hard drive floating around with tons and tons of video footage of the Baja rally. Oh my God. And, and I was going to say, you know what? I'd love to see a movie 
I'd love to see some a little more long form and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. as I'm thinking about it, I also thought, you know what? Nah. That poster wrapped it all up. No. No. There's the poster. There's <laughs> yep. the there's the preview. That's right. There's your dates. Yep. Go do it. Yep. Go Go do it. Yeah. Doors are open. Let's go. Yeah. Don't you don't need a movie. You don't That's need right. a, you just need to go out and, and and explore and do it. Right. So right. awesome. Well with that being said, rock and roll. We're good to wrap it up. Yeah. Good? Yeah, thank you very much. Imaginary fist bump from from San Diego. Yeah, from the the Big mountains hug. of Hamul. <laughs> Big hug. Thank awesome. you very yes. much. Saludos. Thank you for being on, and we'll uh, we're gonna catch you. Uh, we'll catch you soon. Thank you, bro. Okay, Jason. Thank you. Bye bye. Awesome. And there you have it. That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week, episode ninety. Man, ninety. That's it. We are on the final countdown to 100 episodes, so I am absolutely stoked. I hope you guys enjoyed the recap with the staff, or the board, I should say, uh, from Baja Rally here live from the Adventure Taco Studios. A lot of fun having the guys here and checking out uh, what they have to say. I mean, I I think this is really good. It was a really good event. You had a lot of rookies there, which is a huge, huge thing for, for me personally, seeing that many rookies in one place, which was absolutely awesome. So... Anyway, stay tuned. You guys know what the challenge is. We're looking to try and get more people into Rally Raid here in North America. So stay tuned for the recipe. I hope everybody's doing good, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. <laughs>